Welcome to season four of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge and give you an insight into the retail industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax and listen in to season four of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today's episode of the Retail Tea Broke podcast is sponsored by Salesforce, who bring companies and customers together. I'm joined by a guest who thrives in a high growth, fast paced environment and is focused on creating strong strategic relationships with customers. This former retailer and flagship store manager has been involved in several up and coming technology companies as well. Now, in his eighth year at Salesforce, today's guest has a vast amount of experience across all industries. Scott Kennedy, Regional Vice President for Salesforce Commerce Cloud across the UK and Ireland. Welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Great. Well, firstly, Melissa, thank you very much for having me on the show this morning. And also thank you very much for the kind words and wonderful introduction. So as you nice introduced me, my name is Scott Kennedy. Um, I've been at Salesforce for the past seven years or so, uh, just in my eighth year now. And as you mentioned, I currently lead our commerce cloud business for retail in the UK and Ireland. So I guess simply put, um, commerce cloud within Salesforce provides our customers with an e-commerce platform to enable retailers to create those seamless experiences for their customers through digital um, channels. And then in terms of briefly just who we work with to maybe give you a bit of context around that, we are fortunate to be in a position that we power over 7,000 sites um, globally, but specifically within the UK and Ireland, we work with the likes of Curry's and Sweaty Betty in the UK. And then locally here in Ireland, we work with the likes of Lifestyle Sports and Brown Thomas Ironets. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's nice, as you say, to put a bit of context to that. Tell us briefly, though, because I love to ask this question to guests um, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which is about two minutes and just that play on the Retail Tea Break podcast thing. Tell us a bit about your background, because, again, it's fascinating when it comes to tech and commerce and a little bit of retail in there, which I think is really going to excite our audience. Yeah, so I guess if I give you a little bit of context, my background pre, um, pre-Salesforce, pre so I was fortunate to have a company for about four years or so and have always worked in, in retail before um, starting the company. Essentially, we worked with a lot of retailers to take people's kind of social profile data and essentially build out a profile on each individual to help you personalize um, personalize the experiences for them and kind of the, the communications that you would send to them. Um, that went well, ultimately. Um, we were backed by the likes of Telefonica and then ultimately got to a position like any fledgling startup where we struggled to really find product market fit. And I guess that that's at a point where I was fortunate enough on the journey to actually meet a few people in Salesforce and ultimately that's what brought me into the company and then specifically why I was so excited to work with retailers just with a lot of the the technology that Salesforce had that you could ultimately buy off the shelf and obviously tweak it and customize for your direct needs but I think that's what led me to joining Salesforce and has ultimately kept it kept me here for the past few years. 
That's fantastic, though. And I love that authenticity. It's, it's kind of nice to know that a, you and a lot of your team have that background, especially when they're working with retailers like that. So it's great to hear that I suppose you've been through that rocky road, shall we say, to be honest, that an awful lot of listeners have been, an awful lot of companies have been, especially over the last kind of 10, 15 years. Um, so great, great to hear that. Um, so... Salesforce, you have an awful lot of data collected yourselves. What are you noticing right now? What what are the key trends? What's happening in retail at the moment from your perspective? Yeah, perfect. So I think, yeah, we're fortunate. So I was fortunate enough to be at NRF in New York at the start of January, which was great to get a, a global view on just what retailers are seeing across the board. And obviously we had a few colleagues that were in Shop Talk in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, and I've had a few conversations again, what they're seeing from a global perspective, trying to tie it back then to what we're actually seeing client side within the UK and Ireland. I think firstly, the context on the landscape, as, as we all know, retail has been through a lot and evolved a huge amount over the past few years. I think we've come out the other side where maybe over the past two years, if you like, um, pre-peak this year, we'd been through a period where digital revenue saw unprecedented growth uh, and it was all about digital revenue growth. Um, and now we've moved into a period where obviously won't go into it in too much because it probably pains me around what's happening in the, the macro environment in terms of supply chain issues, inflation, et cetera. But I think did what we've kind of seen is digital growth ultimately is starting to taper off, albeit that we're working from a much bigger baseline because it did grow so much in 2020, 2021 and for the first half of 2022. And I think broadly when we're dealing, especially with omni-channel retailers at the moment, it's almost a flip-flop in strategy in that some months in-store is doing really, really well. So everyone is starting to really hone in on the strategy for in-store. And then in other months, it's going back to digital. Um, So I guess it's a little bit unpredictable at the moment but overall what that means what we're seeing really from i guess going back to this macro environment component really what we're seeing in terms of these company priorities it's one how do we drive efficient revenue growth and i think i use the word efficient in that how do we grow our revenues while our cost of acquisition and our cost to serve is as optimized as possible which will ultimately lead to increased profit margins within the business Um, And then the other piece is around how do we actually optimize our spend? And that spend, I think, really around our technology systems to remove a lot of the manual processes that we have uh, within a lot of retailers today um, is ultimately what we're seeing at a a company level. Um, And then I guess the the final piece is just actually what are the themes under all of this in terms of that companies need to be aware of, I think. The first one is a huge shift to focus in loyalty and retention, which is ultimately just being driven by everything that's happening with third-party cookie and the new legislation coming in there, but also just the cost of acquisition um, has obviously continuously increased over the past few years, but at a point now where retailers, I think, are really starting to focus on the great existing customer base that they have today. The second theme that we're probably seeing is around actually, I mentioned the fit flopping between in-store um, and then digital channels. Um, I think really the retailers that will get it really right are focused on this omni-channel strategy and really connecting all customer touch points. So we can one, 
optimize this experience across the two channels, but also track our customers. So we know that if, I think one area retailers struggle with it today is if in-store is doing well, digital maybe drops a little bit, there's no view like that digital customer could be in-store, um, which I think a lot of retailers don't have a view on. And then the final one, which we're really excited about is just leveraging AI. And I think there's lots of discussion points around AI at the moment, especially with chat GPT. Um, but I think really when we talk about personalizations, it's how can we, like we're collecting all this great data around our customers. How can we actually action this data to really give um, personalized recommendations at each touch point of the journey, both in store um, and across our digital channels? It sounds so exciting, though, when you talk about it, like it is a slightly unnerving time, as you said right now, but there's so much positivity within the industry. And there seems to be scope now more than ever to go places with this stuff. But to lean into a point you had there, it's it's really clear. And look, we, we have COVID to blame for this. It's really clear that customers, they got used to online during COVID. Of course, they did. They were back out in the real world last year. So now they want they want the best of both worlds. Let, let's be really clear. But they want these mega experiences across both channels. So then for you, retailers have to deliver this like true idea of omni-channel. And you use that term. And I might even ask you to explain it because I actually think an awful lot of retailers are still getting this wrong. So to get a true omni-channel experience, in your view, what does that look like? Yeah, good question. Um, so let me, I'll give you a kind of overview on what we actually mean and define omnichannel and then maybe try to bring it to life with giving a couple of stories around that. But I think if we think about omnichannel, we've got in its simplest form, we've got brick and mortar in store, we've got then our e-commerce platform. And then also we've got the channels around that. So the likes of Instagram, TikTok, social channels that now you can actually start um, transacting on. I think really when we define the omni-channel journeys for a customer there's just so many different touch points which ultimately makes it harder for customers for retailers to embed the key message and key personal product recommendations at every um touch throughout this so i think it's really how can we engage our customers with the just leveraging the data that we have um to ensure that they're just not shopping elsewhere which will also lead to driving up loyalty for the customer base as well. But if you think about a real world example, again, going back to maybe just an e-commerce with brick and mortar examples, um, it was about two weeks ago, I was over in London for Retail Week Awards, uh, which is a fabulous event kind of celebrating the UK retail community. And I classic didn't re realize that I didn't have a, a shirt with me um, when I was traveling over so I just quickly ordered through Charles Church shirts um, who obviously do same day delivery next day delivery um, have a few different options so I got it for next day delivery and I realized when I got delivered to the office realized when I opened it that I had actually forgotten to order cufflinks so there's a, <laughs> luckily a Charles shirt shirt just beside uh, Charles Church shirts were just beside our office um, in London and I just popped down managed to grab so I had the the shirt with me the retail assistant was was great and gave me recommendation on cufflinks um, so went up to the tail got the cufflinks but then one thing when we think about how do we 
join up this journey and actually then start driving loyalty is they at point of sale very simply have just employed e-receipts so at that point of sale i popped in i don't have a like loyalty program or anything with charles here yet so i gave them my email address which tied it back to my overall my overall profile which then allows them to one understand what i've actually bought two what channels have i been purchasing on but then the third point is is as you get this round review on what i've purchased they can get smarter with what product recommendations they can actually start surfacing then in email communications after the fact that just sums it up in a nutshell doesn't it so actually two really good clear experiences one obviously online you bought a shirt the other one great service in store but it's that tying together and I think it's that tying together aspect that so many retailers just aren't getting right right now and of course if they do as you said they have the data they could therefore hyper personalize that next experience for you which is going to keep you coming back yeah, agreed. And I think another good example. So that's def- that's an example of a really good customer experience. Like for me, really good um, in terms of all the comms I've gotten since. And I've, so it's just a, a nice customer experience. If we think then back to the so what for the retailer and actually one huge thing is around this employee experience as well. So I think a really good example that we had um and we have had have done a webinar with Fennec in the UK. They ultimately went into COVID where a lot of pressures were obviously put on the warehouses where stock were being stored, lots of new measures being put in place. So hard to serve a lot of the orders. They quickly pivoted to actually turn their stores, which were shut into effectively distribution centers, which one means they opened up a lot of new ways to fulfill orders. So when we talk about buy online, pick up in store, if you want to ship from store, one this unified approach to retail offers great customer experiences but for the employees it actually blurs the lines between the internal team such as merchandising team marketing team and digital team and now you actually have a collective working towards one common goal if you like um while then the output being we've opened up new channels to re-deliver those great customer experiences it's amazing how it always comes back to that. It's always about customer centricity. It's always about enhancing each of those touch points as you talk about, whether it's online, the blurred bit in the middle or it's physical store. It's kind of lovely to know that the retailers getting it right, are constantly putting the customer at the heart of everything. But most retailers, and let's be really brutally honest, are so guilty of chasing the new customer all the time. They're looking for the next new one. They're looking to entice the next new one over. But research shows us that this is like, it's ridiculously expensive. Whereas, you know, instead of just giving that new customer 10 or 20% off, or, you know, obviously the marketing spend itself to entice that customer, we could just be kind of encouraging our existing customer base to come and shop with us. How how should retailers be reframing that to focus on their loyal customer base that they already have? Yeah, good question. I think actually what we saw during Cyber Week as well um, last year, a lot of retailers actually were discounting less. And I think the ones mm. that are really good and have a loyal customer base, they, they need to discount less. Um, which ultimately means that you're just driving higher margins as a retailer from um, from each order. But I think we know it's gotten a lot harder to acquire customers. It's a lot more expensive. Um, and there is a shift now in terms of, okay, what is the focus on this engagement strategy for ultimately driving up the lifetime value of each um, 
each customer. I think it's a challenging one because loyalty itself is under pressure um, from the customer base due to the, I guess, economic squeeze that we're seeing at the moment and people potentially still shopping around for mm. for better deals. But I think the 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 companies that get it right ultimately have to get this single view of a customer. I think that that's where a lot of retailers um, struggle, especially omni-channel retailers, because we might have lots of rich data in terms of our point of sale data. We might have our e-commerce data. We might have our marketing data. We've got all this really, really good stuff. But when it lives in these different silos um, and different tools, it gets very hard to really personalize that experience across these channels. So I think retailers that are getting it right are focusing on how can we amalgamate all of this data into one solution once we amalgamate it all in we can have one true profile on each customer which will then allow us to do things like the correct customer segments to do the right personalization um, of products and then across those each disparate channel today because i think that that's Probably a key thing is for a lot of retailers, they are very disparate today, meaning that you or I as a consumer are probably going to be getting comms through different channels that might not be relevant to us. Or when we land on a certain website, we may see products that are of no interest to us. And I think at each of those touch points, if that happens, you run the risk as a retailer of increasing the abandonment rate um, and the likelihood that someone will actually transact with you. That's really scary. And again, you, you've put that so well that actually if you're showing me the wrong product, of course, I'm going to go elsewhere. So not only now have you not retained me as a customer, you've lost me as a customer and you're almost pushing me into your competition's hands um, because they're obviously waving at me and, and want to entice me over. It's Do you think it's as simple as that? Because certainly it seems like at the moment, as you say, if we're quite price conscious as consumers, which a lot of us have to be right now at the moment, um, are we actually doing ourselves a disservice from not from not strategizing with this data, as you said, because if it's in different silos, if we're not feeding that back into the company, are we then just actually pushing consumers away? Yeah, I, I think if you or I, and we're all consumers, right? I think you you build loyalty with a with a brand if your expectations are met every single time. Um so I think as and I think a lot of time we actually sometimes expectations aren't met, but most people will pay a higher price. And this is backed by research as well. Yeah. You'll pay a higher price if you know the experience is good, you know the products are going to arrive if and when they say they arrive, if I've got the ability to return that item through different channels. So if I buy something online, return it in store for a different size. Um, those type of experiences is ultimately what, what builds that loyalty. So I think we are doing a disservice i think you're right to both the retailers and also to our customers if we're not centralizing all of this rich data that we have because i think to my point earlier a lot of retailers are great at collecting it but i think mm. the ones that are truly differentiating themselves in the market are the ones who actually act on that data so one we drive insight from it and understand the different shopping behaviors but how can we actually act on this data and leverage some of the tools that we probably have already to ensure that we get to that utopia state of real-time customer engagement is ultimately what we're trying to get to, um, which is good. We're in a position now that there's lots of tools in the market, Salesforce being one of those that has these tools, 
to enable you to do that and autom automate a lot of these processes, um, both for the internal teams, but then having that automation there just means it's real time for your customers. I love it. And you know what, you've alluded to it there, but I, I've got to ask while I have you, you know, we've obviously talked about the key trends, we've talked about issues. What can you guys offer? What are Salesforce doing for some of those key customers that you've mentioned, whether it's in the UK or Ireland or globally, what is it you can offer to help these retailers really drive home their message, but also to capture that customer and keep them? Yeah, good question. So I guess to try to simplify, if we look back to the key themes that we're seeing in markets, the shift in focus to loyalty and retention, it's how do we deliver this truly unified and omni-channel experience for our customers? And then how are we leveraging all this rich data that we're gathering in AI to offer personalization? So in short, um, if you miss me to not say that Salesforce have the tools um, yeah. in place for, for these trends. And I guess how we're helping customers achieve this it, it, it's twofold so there's always one side which is one bucket of like the technology and there's lots of technology vendors in the the market i think the benefit with salesforce and how salesforce has evolved is we've been fortunate enough to acquire different solutions as the company has grown like the likes of e-commerce platform marketing platform and and the service capabilities as well so i think one is around technology but the other side is more the success and aligning the expert resources that we have internally to help customers and new customers leverage the tech technology in a right way um, and ultimately innovating then on the technology that we have in place to address what the market is actually demanding um, within the space of a few months versus waiting with the risk of potentially losing your customers exciting but I do as you say and I know Deirdre when she was on a few weeks ago spoke about that there's so much she can offer so it's it's nice to know that you can connect fully across all those silos to really bring these different channels to life for customers so final question as always um what's coming up for you and even your part of Salesforce um over the next few months yeah, so next few months are an interesting one. I think there's, given the pressures in the market at the moment that we talked to at the start, just around what's top of mind for a lot of companies, I think for the next few months for us, um, we're really focused on just partnering with our customers um, over the next few months. So I mentioned we, we do a lot of innovation. So within specifically Commerce Cloud, we do about um, eight releases a year to ensure that we have the latest tools for, for our customers. I think the ones that we're really excited about at the moment, which have been recent announcements, are one around the social channel integration. So uh, one stat that alarmed me recently actually not to digress too much but um was the fact that tiktok has now overtaken youtube in terms of the amount of daily uh views so i think the really Annoying. interesting yeah i know so i think the one really interesting side is uh, like looking at gen z looking at buyer behaviors like it's just so different like you are i and i'm sorry i'm not gonna put you into one specific tier but um like I know for me, if I'm starting my search journey, it's typically on Google, right? Yeah. I'll go to Google, I'll typically search for something. But if we actually look at Gen Z, like search for a restaurant, it starts on TikTok. Searching wow. for products, it starts on TikTok. So I think that is a really interesting um, 
new trend that's emerged for a lot of retailers and what we've worked really closely with the likes of TikTok and Meta to partner so we can actually start surfacing e-commerce um, product catalogs ultimately on the likes of TikTok so people can actually find your, your products and transact through that channel. Um, so I think the next few months will be really partnering with our customers to ensure that they have the right tools in place and then we're giving them the right business resource to implement these uh, tools and make them successful so i'm looking forward to to seeing how it evolves over the next few months to be honest because i think the evolution that we're seeing within retail is happening a lot quicker at the moment and some of the new strategies that are being put in place it's so exciting though like it really is and that's fascinating i think this whole gen z generation in that respect um are really shaking things up but for the better for retail and it's great to know that you're you're right on board there um, and leading from the front of course with salesforce so thank you again to salesforce for sponsoring today's episode and if you've enjoyed the podcast please please like and share it and remember that you can also listen back to past retail tea break episodes on your favorite podcast platform or even on youtube and then please connect with myself or Scott on LinkedIn or follow Salesforce Island and the Retail Advisor across social media. And I'll obviously pop the website link for Salesforce in the show notes. So for today, Scott, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Melissa. It's been a pleasure.